Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the All Pacers pod today. I'm Jack, and before we get into this episode, I just wanted to apologize. This actually is coming out a couple days late. We recorded on Wednesday, Sal and I did, and that was before the Houston Rockets game. Actually, as I'm recording this intro, the Pacers and Rockets are playing. I actually don't know what the score is, but I'm guessing the Pacers are winning, and we talk about that a little bit in the podcast. Yeah, it's halftime. We're up 63 to 58, so... Just know that we do try to get these podcasts out quick, um, and if you feel hurt or you feel like you need to yell at anybody, look no further than our producer, Combs. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at whatever his handles are. I think it's Combs 812Combs on Instagram. But anyway, Sal and I do talk about the Pacers-Rockets game. We give our predictions. I think we both are predicting a win against them, so we may be right here. We'll see how everything stands. But... Without further ado, here's our theme song, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the All Pacers pod. A Pacers podcast for Pacers fans, by Pacers fans. We are so glad you're here listening today. I'm Jack, and I'm joined by Sal, as always, I guess. Sal, how's it going? It's going great. Sal, what are your thoughts right now as a Pacers fan and as a Pacers content creator? Just kind of walk us through this. So this season is extremely boring to me. Um, I think we are worse than being stuck in the middle. We're kind of just under the middle. And we lose games very embarrassingly. Um, uh, it seems like we have no flow. Uh, the players aren't happy themselves. There's probably some chemistry issues. Um, I think that uh, our little three-game win streak that we had uh, totally uh, changed Herb Simon's mind, uh, which I'm a little, I'm very angry about. Um, and yeah, I think that we need to change and i think that kevin pritchard's being held back for sure uh with like his power of being a good gm and making good decisions yeah and uh just so everyone's clear the three game win streak we went on was um december 6th through the 10th it's when we beat the wizards knicks and the mavericks so not a bad win streak right there um all pretty good teams in the nba Actually, are they? Knicks are 12, Wizards are 7, those are the East, and then in the West, Dallas is 8. So, yeah, I mean, exactly where Herb Simon wants the Pacers to be, you know, in that 7-8 to eight range. So, hey, um, I guess it's a serviceable team if that's what you're looking for. But at the same time, I take back what I said because I don't believe that this is a serviceable team if you want to be a 7 or 8 seed in the playoffs. Um, I guess time will tell, but even just watching the Miami Heat game, which we'll go over here in a minute, uh, we'll go over that more here in a minute. Um, but even just watching that the other night, I just don't believe in this team. And I don't know if it's a chemistry issue, if they just know that they're all being shopped in the trade market. So if they're, you know, like if the players just aren't putting the same kind of effort they would typically, um, put in, I, I would guess a lot of this has to do. Um, with just the mental preparation of this team 
And um, I don't see things changing because of that. So going to be a tough rest of the year. And we're, uh, I got a ton of stats to kind of back up why I think this could be an all-time bad year for the Pacers. Um, at least we're on pace for that. And we'll go over that here in a minute too. But uh, let's talk about news. So Sal, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Um, the biggest news that uh, us Pacers fans heard in the past uh, couple weeks, I guess, was Herb Simon wanting to rebuild. And uh, that was quickly changed after our three-game win streak that we had. But um, apparently, Kevin Pritchard wanted to rebuild since 2017. Um, I can't remember if it was before the Cleveland series or after, but Kevin Pritchard did want to rebuild and blow up the roster because he didn't believe that it was competent enough to um, make any runs in the playoffs, which he was correct. Um, But... uh, Basically, Kevin Pritchard has been being held back from rebuilding because he's wanted to all this time. And some Pacers fans have been blaming him for not making any moves when in uh, in realism it is the owner's fault and Kevin Pritchard is kind of being held hostage by him. There's been... So let me, so Scott, uh, Scott Agnes, seven, or, uh, a week ago, I guess, sometime last week, said that him and some other writers met with Herb Simon. He answered every question. And the quote that he said was, we're not in panic mode to make changes. Um, and when I hear that, I believe it uh, because I've never known Herb Simon to tank. I, I am guessing that's something that he agreed with one day and the next day, or I mean, you know, went to sleep, woke up and thought, wait, we don't tank. We're Indiana. We're not going to tank. Um, I've uh, also heard too, well, I, there's a report, Brian Windhorst, who is in the you know he's a writer for ESPN but he's in all the inner workings in the NBA has great relationships reports um reliable news I I've never known him to not but he just said I haven't heard Demonis Sabonis's name in the trade market they might trade one they might trade two players I would think Karis LeVert and Miles Turner most likely in that order from what I understand I know there's a lot of discussion about Sabonis out there that there's a lot of people claiming various things, but I haven't heard Sabonis' name in the trade market. Does that make sense to you, Sal? Yeah, I, I definitely think Karras is out next. Um, to no surprise, in my opinion. Uh, I think that Karras is having a relatively down year. Although for the past uh, about like five or so games, he has been picking it up, which looks promising for us. But um, I think that if someone's getting traded, I think Karras is first. And I'm not sure. I'm pretty torn between Sabonis and Miles because the Pacers just posted a bunch of pictures of Sabonis being all happy and jolly at practice. Um, Miles Turner has clearly said that he loves Indiana. He posted a thing about uh, on Instagram, captioned, uh, real Indiana fans know that I love uh, playing here and all that. And that was after um, he was rumored to have said that he wanted out. But Sabonis has also had rumors saying he wants out as well. So I think it's really kind of a 50-50 thing. I think Miles Turner is probably the safer choice to keep because I think Miles would like to stay in Indiana as long as uh, the team lets him. I think Miles Turner saying what he said to, like, I, you know, when he said the fans know I want to play here, whatever. I think it's a lot of backtracking. I do think he was talking to someone thinking it was a safe place, maybe said something that he didn't totally mean, saying like, yeah, I'd love to get out of here. I think there's a lot of truth to that, though. I think Miles Turner would like to go to a, a team where 
He can get some recognition for the way that he plays, which is great on defense, and no one recognizes that. Uh, well, I guess people recognize it, but he doesn't get awarded for it um, in Indiana. And I think that he could be a real piece on a championship team, and I guarantee you people in his inner circle are telling him the same thing. So I think there is some truth to it. You know, like he's a, a great pacer for at least like the fans sake, you know, like he's always the one with the microphone at all the events, um, has the Turner's block really invest in the community. So I have nothing bad to say about miles Turner in any way. But if he says, if there's a rumor that he might want out of Indiana, I could see there being a ton of truth to that. Well, I don't know if he said that he directly wants out of Indiana. I think what he did say in the quote was that, um, he wants a bigger role. I don't think he specified if he wants it in a different place, but I think that could mean that he's unhappy with playing with Sabonis or something like that. Um, of course, he's going to deny all rumors or whatever, but um, I feel like he would like a bigger role in Indiana. I think that might be his first um, choice, but if he doesn't get it here in, in the now time period, I think he's going to want to be out. I just I don't know what a bigger role for Miles Turner would even look like. You know, he's not a star player. He's not going to take the last shots in games or anything. I don't know. I I mean, is he a fourth, third or fourth player on a championship team? Maybe third. But I think it means just trading players that kind of yeah dominate the ball like that. Like, I, like Malcolm Sabonis. has made it. Yeah, Malcolm has made it clear that he wants to stay in Indiana. Um, I think Sabonis is. I, I wouldn't blame him for wanting to leave, um, but I don't think he wants to be here. Um, but yeah, Miles, I think that having a a, a worse power forward uh, than him uh, would benefit Miles and give him more freedom to do what he wants. You and know you know, I mean. maybe he, he thinks he might be able to cook in the paint. I don't know. Sabonis is a lane clogger, ball stopper yeah. in a lot of ways. He's definitely fixed his game to be more of a playmaker too. But yeah, I mean, if we can have a TJ Warren type of player at the four and Miles Turner at the five, that'd be a great fit for sure. And we've talked about this every single podcast in 85 episodes or whatever it's been. So we don't have to talk much more about it because you can go back and listen. If you're listening now, just listen to any other podcast. We've talked about it too much, especially me. So um, other news, Dejan Giroux has been cut from the Pacers and we signed Terry Taylor. Does that mean anything to you? Um, it means that when co- uh, when COVID finally gets to the Pacers, that we see some Terry Taylor. I know it's going to happen soon. It's just a matter of time. But I-, I think he led the league, the G League in rebounds, as a small forward, which is pretty interesting. I think he averaged like 12. I think it was 17 and 12. I might be very wrong, but I think that's what I heard. Um, I like Dejan Giroux, but... You know, it's fine. Terry Taylor is better. Um, and, yeah, I guess I'm excited to see what he can bring. I, I don't know. I think that we're going to get a COVID outbreak soon, and I think we're going to start signing a ton of players. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, Lance Stevenson has been signed by the Hawks. Yep. He gets his reunion with Nate McMillan, which I'm sure Nate McMillan was just so stoked for. Third time, third time reunion. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Uh so good for him. It would have been nice if he was a pacer just, you know, to sell tickets. But yeah, Lance Stevenson got a gig. I saw Joe Johnson just went to the Celtics today. 
Um, yeah. Isaiah Thomas to the Lakers. So who knows, man? We, Emmanuel Moutier just signed a deal with, I think, the Kings. So all yeah, these veterans yeah. coming in, man. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens for the Pacers. But as of now, it's Terry Taylor um, mm-hmm. as our as our midseason signing. But we did see him in the preseason, so maybe they just didn't love what they saw from Giroux in practice um, and his limited time that he got in games too. So uh, this could just yeah. be an opportunity for Ta- Terry Taylor to show a little bit more of what he can do, which I don't know what that is. So we'll, we'll find out <laughs> maybe. Um, and. Finally, this isn't great news or anything, but O'Shea Brissett's getting playing time, and we're loving it here at the All Pacers pod, and I hope everyone listening is too. Is O'Shea Brissett a starter in the NBA, Sal? Yes. You think it's with the Pacers? I'm a firm believer. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I think he's so versatile. He can play multiple positions. You can plug him in at a lot of places in a lineup. Um I think that if we trade Sabonis or Miles or something, um, I mean, if we don't get a power forward or a big man back, I think that you could do something with like TJ Warren at the four or TJ Warren at the three and then O'Shea at the three or the four. But I think O'Shea, he, he has shown that he's a starting quality player before. So it's just the right situation for him. And then once he gets in that starting lineup, gets used to it, does it consistently, then maybe he'll be a quality starter in the NBA. Yeah, no doubt. I wonder who the G League player right now is in the G League at the moment that has that kind of O'Shea Brissett talent where no one really knows how good he is, but he just needs an opportunity to prove it, and you're going to be blown away at how talented he is as a player. Yeah. Um, there has to be someone like that, right, in the G League that's you know like 25 to 28-year-old, talented just hasn't really had a real opportunity probably a lot of people like that right so O'Shea Brissett's for sure a diamond in the rough um and I love when we can like strike gold like that yeah we talk about this a lot too but Sabonis and Oladipo were both those types of players in a lot of way in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways um and yeah I mean O'Shea Brissett has a lot of those qualities too and that's kind of what like people in Indiana love is when and what we also have to expect it too, because we aren't going to get all the LeBron James and Kevin Durant's coming to Indianapolis. So when we can get those diamonds in the rough, even a Paul George, you know, uh, Roy Hibbert too at the time. That's kind of hard to say, Roy Hibbert, but yeah, we'll, we'll go Roy <laughs> Hibbert even. Um, it's just what makes Indiana basketball fun. So O'Shea Brissett, I'm not ready to put him in the same category as those other four that I mentioned, but I think he does have some serious potential to get at least at least past Roy Hibbert in town. So mm-hmm. um, let's move on because I went through, I just wanted to come up with as many, I guess, stats, but I just wanted to get as much data as I could to support my belief in the Pacers tanking. Um, and I know like the mall industry isn't great right now in COVID times. You know, like I went to the mall the other day over here where I live and like all the regular businesses that were, you know, not like the big stores like the JCPenney or Dillard's. I don't even know if you are familiar with those stores, Sal, but um, those like bigger stores are still in these malls, but all the like, you know, medium to smaller stores that you would typically see at a mall aren't there anymore. And it's just people who are resellers or like there's a ton of sneaker stores. There's a ton of Pokemon card stores and, 
just it, w- like when I say there's a ton of sneaker stores, it was probably seventy percent sneaker or sneaker like things stores, and you can tell the mall industry is just struggling right now. The one thing working, I guess, is reselling. And I know that the my point is the Simons who own the Pacers. I know they're not do- doing great financially like they have been in the past because the mall industry is struggling and they're pioneers in the mall industry. So um, I don't know if tanking is going to be in the future at all, but we're not selling tickets to the games and I, I want to kind of make a case for why we should. So Sal, I'm going to throw a lot of data at you. I hope you're ready. I'm ready. So Sal, the Pacers have been around for 55 seasons. That is including the ABA before you ask. Just want to clear that up. So I'm counting every single year that the Indiana Pacers have been a thing. During those 55 seasons, how many times do you think the Pacers have made the playoffs? 42. 36. So not bad. Not a bad guess. But 36, that's 65% of the time the Pacers make the playoffs. That means 19 times we have not made the playoffs, which when you look at it, 36 to 19, that's actually pretty good. There's a lot of teams who just live outside of the playoffs. Um, So, I mean, the fact that the Pacers have made it 65% of the time, and I feel like we can count on the Pacers making the playoffs 65% of the time. um, Like, that's huge, and that's great as a fan. You want to see them reach that crest, which we haven't. And all, I mean, I guess ABA, so I can't totally count this stat. But in the NBA, Pacers have never won the championship, but we make the playoffs pretty consistently, you know? Um, but this season is different. So this season, we currently have a 40.6 win percent win percentage, which out of the 55 seasons we've had as a franchise, that is on pace. If we continue at 40.6% win percentage, that's the eighth worst win percentage in Pacers history. So that means there's 47 seasons, or I guess 46 seasons that, uh, Pacers have had a bad or a, a better season than what we're having right now. Also, to put it in context, last season, which was uh, run by Nate Bjorkgren as the head coach, they uh, so the 2020-2021 Pacers had a 47.2% win percentage, and that's what 6.6% higher win percentage, and yet last year was miserable. You know. So yeah. for me looking at this, that's not a great sign. And uh, like I said, currently we're on pace for that 40.6% win percentage, which would put us at 32 wins. There's been one time since 1989 that a team has made the playoffs with a sub 43.8% win percentage. And like I said, we're at 40.6. That was in 1995 by the Boston Celtics. And they went 35 and 47. Still would be a better record than the Pacers. So this is all just me speculating if we continue at this pace. I don't know if, like, maybe we could be the lone team that doesn't get sick because there's not much to do in Indy, so guys are just staying in. Um, maybe COVID doesn't out like become an outbreak for the Pacers. Um, I don't know. Maybe, like, we could go on a run again, get that record different. This is just speculation. Yeah. Um. Oh, and real quick, let me add. The Celtics that year lost in the first round. Sounds familiar. Yep. And then currently, too, this is just something else to think about. We've talked about this before. Currently, we're 29th out of the 30 teams in the NBA in attendance. Um, And 
I believe it should be lower than it is, except for the the game against the Warriors last Monday or whenever it was. I guess last Wednesday. I was there. I can't remember. But you know, Curry was there. It was probably seventy five percent Warriors fans. Um, and I would bet that our number jumped up ahead of Detroit because of that game. I would bet that it'd be lower if it wasn't for that game. And so the only team since 2000 to have, uh, wait, let me, so the only team since 2000 that won 32 games was 2009 to 2010. Sal, do you want to tell me who was in the starting lineup that year? In 2009 to 2010? Yeah. Yikes. Um, So this is the most comparable team to the pace that this Pacers team is on this season. So win percentage-wise. It's 2009-2010. I'm going to throw some guesses out there because I'm not too familiar. Yeah, it's Uh, tough. I'm going to say say Danny Granger is Yeah, Danny Granger is the obvious one. That's our small forward. Um... Um, you're, prov- you're proving uh, my point. Yeah. Um, no, Monte Ellis was later, was it? Yeah, he was way later. Okay. So, yeah, that that's all I can name, I think. So, TJ Ford started a handful of games, but Earl Watson started most at point guard. Brandon Rush at the two. Danny Granger, like you said, at the three. Our leading scorer, I believe, Troy Murphy at the four. And Roy Hibbert, who was 23 at the time, at the five. Oh, I didn't know Roy was uh, there that early. Yeah, I think it was his first or second year. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was drafted 08 or 09, I believe. So, anyway, that team won 32 games that that year. Play after playing 82, so they went 32 and 50. Didn't make the playoffs. Um, the team that we have currently, like I said, is on pace to win 32 games. And on paper, the team that we currently have is probably a better team than the 2009-2010 team, but it's not working. And when I hear the, the the blessed news that the Pacers are gonna tank, you know, I was so stoked. I'm like, yes, it makes sense. Our attendance is low, the lowest in the league at the time. It's moved up one. We passed Detroit. So I mean that's going against us. And also this team's just not looking good. When I when I heard the news that we were tanking, I was stoked. And it and at the same time I thought, okay, this makes sense. The Pacers are a smart organization time and time again. I always trust what they're going to do. Not always. I typically trust what they do. And the next day when Herb Simon said, no, we're not going to tank. I like this team. We're going to go from here. That's, you know, to me, I thought that doesn't make sense. Why you're not selling tickets. This team's bad for whatever reason. We have trade assets. Let's get younger. Let's give the, the fans something to be excited about for in the future. We've given you guys plenty of trades to think through too here on the All Pacers pod. So, I mean, I feel like tanking is the move right now Mm -hmm. and statistically and historically teams that look like these indiana pacers aren't going to do well when it comes playoff time if we even make the playoffs and we have all these trade assets so let's do something with it i i don't know i i wanted to kind of make a point but at the same time i thought i'm just going to throw out a bunch of data i'll let people decide what they want um but from what i've said here sal what what kind of What's going through your mind right now as a Pacers fan? And I, I guess just uh, uh, you're a, a believer in the tank, right? Yes, I am a believer in the tank. So, yeah, as a as a tank believer, Sal, what, what what's going through your mind? So we're already not selling tickets. We don't have an entertaining team. We're pretty boring. Um, 
uh, we're probably last in uh, viewing online as well. Um, yeah, the team has no direction right now. I think that if we blow it up, uh, ironically, our ticket sales will probably go up because we'll be more interesting. Um, and I think that at some point this year, we're going to go on another win streak and we're going to look like we're promising. Maybe we'll go on like a five-game win streak, six, seven game. It's probably going to happen at some point. And then um, Herb Simon especially is going to be like, I like this a lot. This is awesome. We're going to make the play-in tournament and lose. Um, I think that that's what we're going to do. We're going to end up with like the 13th pick again. And it'll it'll be this never-ending cycle. Uh, I think that's... I don't know how long it's going to take him to realize that it's it's not a good cycle to be in. But every every year we go on a win streak and then don't get into the like past the first round even. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know how they're doing financially, the owners, if they just need to like get the best players that they can out there on the court, not try to get these young guys, hopefully sell tickets. Obviously, it's not working too, which was part of my thought process with um tanking but I, I just i don't know how they're doing financially i know they're worth billions of dollars the simons are so i i'm guessing that they're fine but um yeah i mean hopefully the tank is in the future and we can get some good news soon but we need to make some trades to me karis levert has never felt like a pacer to me um and not an exciting player to watch and, you know, same with a lot of the guys on this team. So the guys that we're most excited for night in and night out are Chris Duarte, O'Shea Brissett, um, TJ McConnell when he's healthy. That's for different reasons. Yeah. But I feel mm-hmm. like the reasons we're most excited for Duarte and Brissett are, you know, they're young. They're O'Shea Brissett, I guess this is technically his third year in the NBA. Yeah. Um, Duarte obviously is first. But we're excited about the prospect of what they can be. And a lot of these other guys, you know, like we've seen what they can be. And Miles Turner's never changed in his career. He's who, he is who he is. Yep. So bonus, we've seen him grow, but like he's not an exciting player by any means. I still love him as a player, but he, you know, he's not someone who I like. I I'm craving his highlights or anything. You know, that's yeah, just he's not, not a Miles Bridges type of guy. No, he's definitely not a Miles Bridges type of guy. <laughs> Brogdon's yep. the same exact way. Um, yeah. Lavert, I don't know what it is about his game. I'm just never excited to watch him. And I don't know. It's just not a lot of exciting pieces on this team, except for the young guys. So why would we not get younger, you know? Why don't we go out and get a Cam Reddish and just see what he has in him and get people hopeful for what he could be in the future? I don't know. That's just how I think. So Herb Simon, if you're listening, or if someone who relays information to Herb Simon's listening... Hey, just if you guys want any more help, you just let us know. Me and Sal are always ready to talk Pacers with you. We got plenty of trades. Um, we'll point you in the right direction. So let's move on, Sal. I uh, could talk about this stuff all day, but I don't want to because I want to talk about some of these recent games that we've had. And we're starting with, I believe, the Warriors game, right? Isn't that what we talked about? So yeah. Monday, December 13th, I actually went to this game with the hope that Curry would break the all-time three-point record here. So Austin, the producer of the All Pacers pod, uh, he came with me, and then another one of our buddies went. But the Warriors won 102-100. to Curry did not break the record, which was heartbreaking, but it was probably 75% Warriors fans there. So I think it was Kevon Looney. The Pacers tipped the ball away. 
somehow landed in Kevon Looney's hands. It was tied 100 to 100. He went up for the layup, scored. There's like 15 seconds left. Um, and but but I mean, but when Kevon Looney scored too, the stadium erupted. People were so stoked. There were so many Warriors fans. It blew my mind. Um, and so you know, the Pacers go down the court. I think. Uh, I guess Lloyd Pierce was still coaching at this point, right? Yes. Um, or he was coaching at this point. So I don't know what he was thinking or if it was just like part of their thinking as an organization, but they gave the ball to Karis Levert, let him dribble the, sh- the clock out, and then he drives into the lane and dribbles off his foot out of bounds, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we lose the game. And uh, the stadium was stoked because it was all Warriors fans. I'm there heartbroken. Because, first of all, Curry didn't even break the record and my Pacers lost. But just yeah. a tough loss. Um, Curry was throwing up prayers all night. Only shot 33% from three. But that was kind of his, you know, thing during that stretch. People were double, double covering him. Um, Brogdon played great defense against him. But you expect that, too. Um, but, yeah, just a tough game. Sabonis had 30 points, 11 rebounds. So he was good on that front. Didn't play make, had zero assists. But Brogdon looked really good. I think he wanted to come out and play better than Curry. And his stats prove what I was thinking too. So twenty three points, six rebounds, eight assists, two steals, and just a just a heartbreaking loss for the Pacers in that Warriors game. But let's move on to the next one. I'll let you talk about this one, which was two days later, Milwaukee. I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, Milwaukee versus Pacers. So I don't even know if you watched this. I know you have a strong stance on not watching the Pacers play Milwaukee. Yeah, um, I hate watching the Bucks play Milwaukee. Uh, even though I like Giannis, um, still hate watching the Bucks. Um, yeah, this was another game where no Pacers really shined. I think Master, yeah, he had five blocks, but other than that, it's it was just another Bucks Pacers game that was disappointing. And if you've been watching the Pacers at least for the last like four years, you know that the Pacers never beat the Bucks. So I remember watching the Bucks. I think like two years ago and Giannis traveled, I think three times in that game because he hadn't figured out like, you know, he's still newish to the league, but hadn't figured out totally like dribbling first before you step when you catch the ball. Um, yeah. Outside the three and two years ago, he was still torching the Pacers and wasn't even, it might've been three years ago, but he wasn't even like a smart player by any means at the time. Just mm-hmm. like so athletic, so dominant, could do whatever he wanted against these Pacers, and I remember thinking then, this is this guy's going to cause us troubles for a long time, especially if he stays in the East and in this division. So, um, he's learned how to dribble now, and he's still mm-hmm. growing as a player too, which is just crazy. But I feel like he's going to torch us for years to come, and this might be one of those matchups where, as long as we have these guys that we have on the Pacers or at least a similar rotation to what we have, then it's never going to be fun for us uh, to watch this game. But I love Giannis too. So, you know, I I feel the same way. I hate watching him dominate the Pacers. (laughs) But, you know, I I love him as a player. I hate watching these games too. So I I know that you do. I I know you're more adamant than I am about that. But, yeah, tough game. Uh, Let's move on to the Pistons who are – uh, came into this game four and twenty-two against the Pacers. Left it yep. four and twenty-three mm-hmm. because turns out the Pacers are better than the Pistons, which we all believe. 
but uh, you just you never know for sure. So the Pistons, I just wanted to read the starting lineup to you. Uh, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, Hamadou Diallo, and Cade Cunningham. I think four of those guys were either drafted last year or this year. And Hamadou Diallo, the Thunder just gave up on him last year, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So young guys, young team, ton of hope. Something that I hope the Pacers do soon, which I've already talked about. Um, and, you know, like you can't expect a ton from them, especially against guys like Brad Wanamaker in the Pacers starting lineup, you know, who's just going to torch this team. So, uh, yeah, Pacers, we, we had Brad Wanamaker starting in this game for whatever reason. Duarte was on the bench and, uh, you know, we just kind of carried this game from beginning to end. Actually, I think we had a third quarter. Karis LeVert had 30, 31. Yeah, Karis LeVert had 31. And Sadiq um, Bey, I knew he'd have a good game. He's been horrible all season, and he has his best game against us. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, an okay game. I don't really have much to say about this one. Um, yeah. O'Shea Brissett's getting minutes, too. Just I love mentioning mm-hmm. that, 20 in this game. Let's move on to the next one, all which right. was... Uh, the Heat. The we Heat. just played. Yes. Was that last night? Yeah, so we had a five-day break, it looks like. Yeah, five-day break from Pacers basketball. And uh, coming back to watching it was not fun at all. So we yeah, lost let me, by a lot. Let me read the starting lineup for the Miami Heat. So the Heat started... Well, I, I should read the Pacers starting lineup first. So we started Brogdon, Levert, Justin Holiday, Sabonis, and Turner, who was our opening day starting five expectation, you know? Yep, yep. So good starting lineup, right? Mm-hmm. The Miami Heat started Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, and Dwayne Dedman. And we got whooped. <laughs> Duncan Robinson is next level against Indiana. I will never forget that game in the bubble. I think he had, uh, was it seven for eight from three in the playoff game? And yeah. one of them at least. I know he was, he's nuts. And uh, he's a guy that I'd love to see in a Pacers uniform someday. I I happen. don't know, man. I don't know. He, I'm not. A, is, I'm not a big Robinson nice. fan. He is nice. Um. Also, just wanted to mention you. You had mentioned this to me before the podcast, real quick. But Udonis Haslam did play five minutes. You said it was his second game of the year. Yeah. Let me let me pull up this stat really quickly. So, from what you had said, it's his second game of the year that he's played. And he's played the Pacers twice, no, right? No, uh, since since November 29th, he's played two games. He's been healthy for all of these games, but he's only logged minutes in two games. They were December 3rd against Indiana. He played six minutes, had one rebound. And yesterday, was it yesterday? Yeah, yeah. yesterday, um, he logged six minutes again. He took three shots this time, and he made a three-pointer and got a rebound. That's probably his first three-pointer in many, many years, I, I, I think. I wonder. I wonder. Yeah, um, the announcer said, uh, I don't think I've seen Udonis Haslam shoot a three in years. So that that's what they said. Yeah, so. he had a combined – or he had three points, which was the same total as our point guard rotation against the Miami <laughs> Heat and Malcolm Brogdon and Brad Wanamaker, who combined for three points. Malcolm was injured, though. Or he it left with injury. doesn't matter. He played more minutes than Udonis Haslam. Oh, that, that is true. He played that eight minutes. True. Worth noting, you know. I, I get yeah. the Achilles thing. It probably was bothering him that game. So I, we will give him some slack here. But 
Maybe we should trade Brogdon for Udonis Haslam. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I. You know what? At this point, let's do it. A better contract. Yeah. So I'm down. But I also wanted to mention Marcus Garrett, who plays for the Miami Heat. Never heard of him in my life uh, until yesterday. He logged 19 minutes for the Heat. So uh, I love seeing guys that I've never heard of in my life play meaningful minutes against the Pacers in a victory. So, yeah, tough loss. Pacers are now 13-19. and 19. And let's talk about the games that are coming up because we got to figure out if there's any hope for this Pacers team going forward. Um, so the next game that we have will be on Thursday. Tomorrow. Against, yep. Uh, tomorrow um, against the Houston Rockets. Or if you're listening to this podcast – probably today against the Houston yeah. Rockets. Um, so what are your expectations for that one? So I think we – well, Jalen Jalen Green, sorry. This is going to be his first game back in, I think, over a month. Um, I think they're 1-14 with Jalen Green playing. So, I mean, we, we could probably win this game. But the next four games after that, honestly, the next – hold on, let me count this one, two, three. 4 the next 14 games I think we could lose all of those games. <laughs> After this Houston game, Chicago, Charlotte, Chicago again, Cleveland, New York, Brooklyn, Utah, Boston, Boston, Phoenix, Clippers, Lakers, Warriors, Phoenix. Unreal. <laughs> you know, I was actually looking at this uh, the other day. Yeah, I was looking at this the other day that and thinking is rough. Yeah, we're going to walk out of this next stretch with a Ooh, brand new man. roster hopefully oh yeah oh yeah because the tank is going to be in full effect here in seven games i think Jeez. it has to be right that is bad that is going to be an ugly I, I think we could be like one of the top three worst teams in the nba after this stretch record wise <laughs> record wise yeah because talent wise it's not the case yeah you know what it On is paper. we've had brad wanamaker one year ever in the 55 years as an organization and this is one of our worst years ever is there a correlation yeah. there I think there is. I think there has to be. Or could this be payback for um, Carlisle having to coach during the Mouse at the Palace? Maybe he's just mad at the organization that he was that close to a championship in Indy and they took it away from him. Yeah. Maybe maybe he's doing this on purpose. Yeah. Uh, so the Rockets aren't awful. No. No, they are. Actually, I'm gonna. I am just gonna say they are awful. They did turn it around when Jalen Green went out. Um, like you said, you said they were one of fourteen with him. I think I think it's something like that. It's like one win and like a bunch of losses. Yeah, so they're 14. nine and seven without him. So I mean, definitely a totally different team. That's a playoff. Like if that was your percentage win, uh, your win percentage, the nine and seven. Like if you brought that into the full season, I don't know exactly what that would be, but um, that's definitely a playoff team. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pieces on this Rockets team that you have to like, and you know they're playing to get traded. Garrison Matthews is going to go off tomorrow. Hey, dude, I'm so glad you said I have this joke Gary with Bird. one of my buddies. Gary Bird. Gary Oh, dude, I love that. I have That's a joke with my buddy. Is it for real? Yeah, they gave him that nickname after he had those big games. It's, it's Gary Bird. Oh, my gosh. I'm so stoked you told me that. I was literally texting my buddy just a minute ago because he was talking about, I guess, Jordan Wara broke Armani Brooks' ankles. Just now, no. and I said, uh, "Why are you watching the G League?" And <laughs> then I was like, "Oh wait, 
doesn't Garrison Matthews play for the Rockets? So I was like, of course you're watching the Rockets. You're the number one Garrison Matthews fan. Whatever. Just a joke. Uh, I didn't think anyone else knew who he was. I love that. But yeah, he's a legit talent. Um, I, I like him a lot. They have Eric Gordon, who's a, a solid Ooh, NBA player. He's going to hurt us. Yes. He, yes, he loves to play yeah. good against the Pacers. Christian yeah. Wood is a good NBA player. DJ Augustine. Former Pacer. Love DJ Augustine. Uh, I don't even know what his stats are this year, but they have Kevin Porter. Jay Sean Tate's been good. Um, I don't know if da- if Daniel Tice is healthy right now. He's a solid player. He doesn't even play. He's not in the rotation, I don't think. Okay. Uh, he's played 20 games this year at 23 minutes per game. Recently? I know they took him out for a while. That's just the whole season. So, yeah, I don't know. But they, I know okay. they like Alperin Singoon. So I'm sure yeah, they're giving a lot of minutes nice. to him. Yeah, he's good. So, I mean, this this team has some guys. And, I mean, Jalen Green's not a bad player either. So, like, are they a good team? Record-wise, no. But I think they have a ton of potential to beat a team who's fledgling like the Indiana Pacers. So oh, this yeah. isn't going to be They have a good easy. chance to beat us. They have a very good chance to beat us. Yeah, so this is in no way going to be an easy win or anything for us. Like the Pistons no. the other night, yeah, if we have our starting lineup healthy – or at least partially healthy, and we're playing against basically four rookies almost. I mean, three of the starters are just starting their second year. But, like, four young guys against veterans on the Pacers who, like, want to win, then, yeah, like, we'll probably get that. It's at home, too. But, I mean, this Rockets team has a good mix of veterans and uh, athletic young guys who can give you a run for your money any any night. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not an easy win. So, like, that is the easiest one, though, before the 14-game stretch where oh, yeah. the Pacers will come out of this in a tanking mindset if yeah. we get our way. So, uh, just to reiterate, I just want to go over the next four games. So, yeah, Rockets, like you said, we're going to be at Chicago Bulls, who I messed up beginning of the season. I honestly don't like most of the players on this team. But they're playing really well, and I got to give them props. Uh DeMar DeRozan's playing like an all-star, which we're going to go over all-stars here in a minute. Yep. And we'll probably have to do that actually pretty soon just to wrap this podcast up here soon. But mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan is playing great. Zach Levine's playing really well. Lonzo Ball's brought new life to this team. Um, Caruso. Yeah, Alex Caruso too. Yeah, legit NBA talent. He was probably the fourth best player on the Lakers championship team. Um, Very good. And... Well, I mean, the only thing is I don't know how their COVID situations. Yeah, Zach Levine's out, I think. Zach okay. Levine's gone. So there's a uh, – <laughs> this is crazy. I'm looking at who all's out right now. <laughs> so Troy Brown, Alex Caruso, Ayota Sunmu, who we all wanted in the NBA draft, mm-hmm. um, Devin Dotson, Alizé Johnson, forgot he was a Chicago Bull, uh, Stanley Johnson, Derek Jones Jr., Zach Levine, Matt Thomas, and Patrick Williams. But Patrick Williams yeah. isn't. That, that's um, injury related, though. That's injury, yes. So, and I guess Alex Crusoe's foot injury. Yeah. But everyone else's health and safety protocols. I don't know who else is going to get sick if or like be exposed. I don't know how it's all going to work or who's going to play. So we'll see. This could change things for sure. But they have enough talent on this team where, you know, they're they're going to give this Pacers team a run for their money. Is the best player on the court? If the Bulls and Pacers are playing, is the best player on the court DeMar DeRozan? Definitely. Most and then definitely. is the second best player on the court Zach Levine? Zach Levine's not playing. Okay. Well, I mean, but if – okay, I guess if he's not playing. 
I well, I mean, Demar is the best on the Bulls, regardless. Yeah, no, yeah, and I typically lean towards who has the best player on the court. Um, if I have to do a toss-up game, so I'm just gonna yeah. go with the Bulls in this one. I agree. Um, and then the next game, which my computer is moving really slow, so I might have to have tell me. Okay, so Charlotte. Um, I think we're also gonna lose this one. You're a big Cody Zeller. Oh no, Cody Zeller's gone. You're a big Miles Plumley fan. Mason no. Plumley. Gosh. No, I, I was never. I, I never said that. You love Mason Plumley. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've ever said that in my life. Uh, born and but, raised uh, in Indiana. Yes, I know that. I think. Yes. Or was that Cody Zeller? They both were. Both were okay. Yeah. Um, so, the Hornets might have two All Stars this year. That's true. They might. They very well could. Um, and they're just playing pretty well for expectations i think well you know a lot of people did have them at least in the playoffs um and not going to be an easy win for the pacers so that's an easy one what, what's the uh, next game because my computer's just chicago again oh really <laughs> and this time we're going uh chicago is coming to indiana and zach levine might be able to clear protocols by then so that's definitely not going to be a win have they said if he's vaccinated yeah, he's vaccinated. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I, I bet think he'll most play. players are most mo- like all the stars except for Kyrie, Beal, and that's it. Are vaccinated? Kyrie and Beal are the biggest names, I believe. Yeah, uh, Michael Porter. Yeah, but he's kind of not the best player yeah. right now. Well, hurt back injury. Yeah, Ter- when, he was, when he was playing, when he was playing, he was very bad. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, so I'm going to say my prediction these next four games. I'm going to say we go – I'm going to say we go – I'm going to say two and two. I'm going to say one and f- three. Okay. I only say I two and two because I think Houston. we can – Yeah, I think we beat Houston, and I think we can catch the Bulls one of these nights. Um, All right. I, I'm a believer in if you play a team back-to-back almost – I know it's not totally back-to-back, but uh, close enough – that you yeah. can kind of game plan against them the second. Like if you lose the first game, you can game plan for the second game. I think the we Pacers play Boston back to back soon. So we do, and I think we'll split that too. Uh, okay. But my tank believingness side of me is hoping we go zero and fifteen this next stretch. Yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. I don't think Chet the Holmgren ticket sales. Chet Holmgren. I don't know if I even want him at first. Is that the answer? Paulo, Chet. Are you giving up on Goga already? Oh. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to (laughs) the next part, which is our all-star predictions for the Eastern and Western Conference. I believe you have the Western. Yeah, I did Western. Did you do Western? I did Western as well. Awesome. Let's let's do this. And this is a um, reoccurring segment for the All-Pacers pod. I believe this is our third time predicting the all-stars um which is just crazy that this podcast has been going on so long um so thanks shout out everyone who's been a day one listener and even if you haven't been a day one listener we're just stoked that you're even listening in the first place so um let's go over our all-star teams and i guess we can do starters first Um, yeah we'll we'll do the three forward slash centers um yep and let's start with you want to do east or west first? Yeah, we, we can start with east. Um, 
I'm gonna kind of. I don't have a lot of explanations for these top guys because it's pretty obvious why they're all stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, my starters are Trey Young, James Harden, which is I guess is controversial now, but I'm a big fan of James Harden. Um, Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Joel Embiid. Kevin Durant, Giannis, Joel. Okay, I like it. Mine's actually very different. So right. uh, I'll read mine and then we can go over why we have picked who. So right. uh, I. I'm not starting Trey Young because I don't. I typically don't pick a starter if their team sucks. I hated when Brad Beal was a starter in the All Star game oh, last yeah, year. Oh yeah, I agree with you there. Hated, and I think Trey Young was a starter too last year, right? Maybe. Yeah, I hated that. I it made no sense because their team sucked at the time. I know Trey Young's turned it around once uh, Nate McMillan got things rolling. Maybe that was two years ago. I'm thinking. Anyway, the point is I couldn't like reward Trey Young. For his team's record right now, which is abysmal, um, it's probably not his fault. It's it probably has something to do with Nate McMillan. Let's be real. <laughs> um, and it's a good thing they got Lance Stevenson when they did, because things are going to turn around there in Atlanta. Exactly. So I have Zach Levine starting instead of Trey Young, but I have James Harden as well. So I put Zach Levine, James Harden at guards, and just so you know, there's only three teams being represented in the starting lineup for me. So I'm starting Demar Derozan. Giannis and Kevin Durant. I bumped Joel Embiid, and I bumped Trey Young. Ooh, Joel Embiid. Okay. And I feel good about it. I gotta be honest. It's valid. I was thinking of putting Demar up there, but um, it didn't make the cut for me. So, uh, what are? Do you have all those guys that I mentioned in your All Star lineup? Yeah, they're in my bench. Okay. Cool. Um. And what's your Joel Embiid over DeMar DeRozan uh, take? Well, I think Joel Embiid's been a one-man wrecking crew for the Sixers. Um, Their record isn't as good, but he has way less help than DeMar does, at least on paper. Uh, I think, as we can see, Zach Levine's another all-star player on the team. Um, Maybe, in your case, he's an all-star starter. Joel Embiid... Tobias Harris, you maybe can make an argument for a reserve, but I don't I don't have him in my mentions at all. There's so, no space. Yeah. So that's why I gave Embiid, because he has a good playoff record. I think he's somewhere like the sixth seed, maybe, maybe higher. But the Sixers are always a good regular season team. And I think Joel Embiid has done everything he can on his own, basically. Shout out to Seth Curry, though. He's been really good. Yeah, Seth Curry's been good, man. The best yeah. Curry brother. Yep. I like your starting lineup. You know, honestly, looking at this, I thought I was going to do some hot takes purposefully, and that's part of the reason I wanted DeMar DeRozan in my starting lineup instead of Joel Embiid. I love DeMar DeRozan, though. I mean, I just want it to be known that DeMar DeRozan's one of my favorite players. My wife, it's her favorite player, which is so weird. Okay. Um, But... uh. Yeah, I'm just a big DeMar DeRozan believer and more of a believer than I am of Joel Embiid. And I just believe in his talent this year, so I'm going with that. Um, And you know what? Honestly, I'm probably counting this against him too much, but I just want Joel Embiid to show some more um, just based on what he's shown in the past. That's all. I just want to – I have higher expectations for him than I do for a lot of these other players. Okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. So let's let's go to our um, East reserves now, and then we'll do West. Um, All right. So uh, let me do it. Yeah, you just go through your reserves. Well, how many uh, do you have? 
Is it seven? I, I, have, I have seven, five bench players and two reserves, and then I also have three wild cards. Oh, okay. Cool. Let's do hear. all of them. So okay. I just have seven backups. I don't even have the wild cards. All right, cool. So for my bench, I have oh. Lamelo Ball. So wait, real quick. Save your wild cards. Don't read them yet. Yeah, I'll save those. I'll. I won't save them. I'll just say my reserve. My seven. Cool. Lamelo Ball, Zach Levine, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Demar Derozan, Bradley Beal as a reserve, and Jarrett Allen as a reserve. Okay. Notably, no Pacers on your Eastern Conference All Star team. No. Wow, on the All Pacers pod, Sal. What are you doing, man? You are you are a believer in the record, I can tell. Oh, but why yeah. you know why is Trey Young there and not a, a Pacer? Because I guess they have the a better Hawks, record. Yeah, they have a better record, and we're but like barely. very far from. Like I think the bottom three teams are very far from the teams after that. <laughs> I think within like four, five, six games. The Pacers are going to be very far from the Hawks here in fifteen games from now. Yep. Very I'm excited. Fun. So my reserves, I have Jimmy Butler, Jarrett Allen, Trey Young, Joel Embiid, LaMelo Ball, Jason Tatum, and Demonis Sabonis. Sabonis is putting on a pretty good show this year, yeah, albeit on a losing team. He could be a good stats, bad team guy, and I hate to say it, I've never believed in those types of guys, but that could be his case this year. Um but very similar. I think you just have – I left Bradley Beal off, and yeah. you put him on instead of Sabonis. So I think that's so, our only difference mm-hmm. from our all-star teams, like at least who made it. Yeah. For my – like I have my wild cards. Should I do those now? Yeah, let's hear it. So I have Sabonis, Middleton, and Darius Garland. So for the Sabonis thing, you can't replace Jason Tatum. You can't replace Damar. You can't replace Jimmy. So those three are off the table. And the Cavs are way better than the Pacers this year, so you got to give it to Jared Allen. Unless the uh, like, I don't know, the NBA wants to get more views with Sabonis, maybe even though it's probably not as much of a difference. But no, probably not. Yeah. You know, uh, and then Bradley Beal. I mean, that's just way more money revenue from Bradley Beal. And the Wizards are a better team record-wise, so I don't think he makes a cut. Chris Middleton. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't give him it because the Bucks really are like this. Uh, they're like six or seven seed or something. So I, I'd keep Chris Middleton out of the All Star game. And then Darius Garland. If Jared Allen doesn't make it for some reason, you got to give the Cavs some All Star. So I'd put Darius Garland there. Which is just wild. Just wild that they could have two All Stars. Yeah. Because I had them bottom three in the East this year. I think. Um, Me too. Pacers are 13 and 19. The Hawks are 14 and 15. The Knicks are 14 and 17. Oh, and the Raptors are 14 and 15 as well. So we're just one win behind all of those teams. We have definitely we're also four losses behind the, the uh, we are. Atlanta. So. Yes, we are. So we're uh, two and a half games behind Atlanta. But when you jump down from the Pacers to the Magic, so we're nine games out of first. The Magic are 15 and a half, and the Pistons are 16. Yeah. So uh, de- it's those bottom two that are definitely farther away. So mm-hmm. let's 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 calm down a little bit. Let's pump the brakes a little yeah. bit, Sal. We're not in the bottom three <laughs> totally. We're not like the the worst. Just wait of the for worst. a couple weeks, a few weeks. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All I right? also just said we're not in the bottom three totally, but we're definitely in the bottom three. So I don't, <laughs> <laughs> at least in the standing. So I may, maybe you're right. Maybe you have some validity. Uh, let's go to our, or is there anyone else that we could mention possibly making the All Star team? 
Malcolm Brogdon, maybe. Uh, Miles Bridges for the Hornets, maybe. Oh yeah, Miles Bridges. I, uh, um. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. Is Julius Randle even a possibility? Oh, he's a fraud. One season wonder. I'm a firm non-Julius Randle fan. I love it. I love it, man. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, you just always have to mention certain guys like Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, uh, Drew Holiday. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Lowry is a good one. Kyle yeah. Lowry is a good one. I can um, see it. I can see him making it. He's definitely made an impact on this team immediately. Yeah. Um, and been pretty consistent for them, too, on a team that definitely hasn't been consistent this year. Uh, yeah. At least who they're putting in their rotation. So. Um, that's our Eastern Conference ones, and I think we we picked everyone who could make a case. I don't think there's anyone on the Raptors. I don't know if Jalen Brown's played enough games on the Celtics, but no, no. Yeah, let's move on to the West then. So, who do you have for your starters? Uh, I have Stephen Curry. I'm not even gonna explain that one. That's the front runner for the MVP yeah. in my opinion. Um, we got Chris Paul. Uh, we got Rudy Gobert. Even though I don't really like him, Rigo Bear, LeBron James, because he's LeBron, he's not going to come off the bench. It's it's pretty obvious. <laughs> and then Jokic. That's good. That's really good. Um, so mine's actually very similar. I have Steph Curry and Chris Paul, mm-hmm. because you don't really have to explain that. There's a case to be made that Devin Booker could be the starter for the Suns. I don't know. Uh. But I feel like Chris Paul gets the nod there, right? Yeah, Devin Booker's also missed a lot more games than Chris yeah, Paul. Yeah, that's has. true. That's true. So, um, so Chris Paul, Steph Curry at starters, or are my starters, and then I have LeBron because he's gonna be the captain. Yeah. Um, so he's gonna start. He's gonna get all the fan votes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he belongs in the starting lineup, anyways. Whatever, it's LeBron. Yeah. And then I have Draymond Green, who I very Thank much, you. I very much don't like Draymond Green, but I, I'm oh, starting really? him. Yeah, I'm not okay. a fan. And oh. I also have Jokic in here because he's putting on an all-time great season or uh, putting on a show, really, this year. So okay. uh, I have Jokic as well. So our big difference is Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert. Uh, right. I dislike both players. Uh, so it's definitely hard for me to put even one of them in the starting lineup. <laughs> but I just feel like this Warriors team is so good and Draymond has just been like – holding this team together with Steph Curry, obviously. But when you look around or when you look at this roster from top to bottom, you know, like Kevon Looney's starting Jordan Poole, who's been really good this year, whatever he's starting. Uh, Wiggins, 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 who's also been good this year. But like when you look at that uh, team, it's Steph Curry and Draymond Green plus a bunch of other dudes, whatever. But like the fact that this team is as good as they are, you know, you got to reward Draymond and Steph for that. So that's what I'm doing. It probably could just be an all Steph Curry thing, but yep. I don't know. I, I feel like Draymond Green's even the front runner for defensive player of the year at this point too. Um, so I'm yeah, giving him is. the nod. Yeah. So who do you have at your reserves? So for my reserves, I have Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, Paul George, Ja Morant, and Draymond Green. Will you read that one more time? Luca, okay. Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, Paul George, John Morant, Draymond Green. 
Oh, okay. I was trying to figure out who I was missing compared to you. And there's no Damian Lillard. Yeah, that was a tough one because I have Damian Lillard and I don't have Cat. But Ooh, okay. I know, tough. But neither of us have Anthony Davis. Um, no. And I love no. that. I love yeah, it. Yeah. No Anthony Davis. So when I was actually looking at like what people were predicting for the All Star teams, uh, one thing that I saw was Anthony Davis was a starter. That was like the one of the articles I had read. Hell no. And I was like, what? He's not. I don't even think he's gonna make the team, right? No, I don't have him making the team. Yeah, which he probably will just because Lakers fans, but like, he shouldn't, right? With the way these other guys are playing, I don't know. So yeah, I saw some Lakers fans saying. Uh, there was like a mock trade thing on Instagram. It was like Sabonis and Miles Turner for Anthony Davis. And I was like, as a Pacers fan, I'm pressing that trade button a million times. Yeah. But the Lakers fans are like, no, they're they're like, these guys are great. And, and I see a lot of people saying Sabonis is amazing on defense. And I'm like, you've never watched a Sabonis game in your life then. Hey, so. if I'm the Lakers, <laughs> I'm saying yes to that as well. That seems like a pretty good trade to me. I might, but I said, I replied to some people. I'm like, if Turbonus has never worked in Indiana, I don't know why I'd work in LA, but. Well, LeBron. I guess, but I don't know if that makes it even worse. I don't know. I mean, I think one of the big problems with the Lakers is DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard getting minutes. So I think they'll, I think they'll take that. And uh, AD's always hurt. Yeah. Like he is right now with an MCL sprain or whatever he has. Yeah. Um, Six weeks. Yeah, well, I love that we both don't have him in our lineup, but I have Rudy Gobert, Paul George, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, John Morant, Donovan Mitchell, and for name alone, Damian Lillard. I think it is a crime you don't have a Minnesota player in the All-Star game. Oh, the ninth-seeded Minnesota Timberwolves? Yep. I'm not putting... I'm not. They're, they're only like two games back from the fifth seed. Yeah, but they're two and a half games ahead of the Trailblazers. I also had, uh, I guess. Uh, look, we have one difference in our Western Conference teams. Let's just, let's be, let's be okay with this. Yeah. I'm going Damian Lillard. I th- I right. think he makes the All-Star game so much more fun than Carl Anthony Towns too. Yeah, so I, probably. I, I just got to give him that nod. I, I could see a, a way for, obviously, for Carl Anthony Towns to make it. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I just feel like, you know, a lot of these guys who are voting, like even the players get votes, right? Or is it just coaches and media? It's it's coaches. I, I think it's just coaches. For so the, for the reserves. You, for the reserve, it's coaches. It's just yes. coaches for the reserves. So don't you think the coaches would pick Lillard? I don't know. I'll, I'll don't tell know. you my wild cards. Oh, let's hear it. So I have four wild cards. I have Anthony Edwards. That's a hot take. Maybe he'll make it. But, okay. you know, he's entertaining at least. Yeah, no DeJounte doubt. DeJounte Murray having a very underrated season. But the Spurs suck. Um, okay. Andrew Wiggins, who I've heard some people, like even some of my friends are like, he deserves it over Draymond. He's been really good, like very good. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. He could make it. But there's a lot of forward depth in the West. And then um, Damian Lillard, because he's Damian Lillard. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, DeAndre Ayton, possibility. Um, mm. And... Gosh, that might be it. Who even on the Kings would make it? I guess Fox? Nobody. Yeah, nobody. That's a tough one. So I think 
that's pretty much all the possibilities for the West. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Yeah, Ben Actually, Simmons. Uh, in the East. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, in the East. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because I don't think there's going to be a Pelicans player making unless Brandon Ingram does, but I, I think the Brandon Ingram hype train's gone, too. Valanchunas. Oh, yeah, Valanchunas. Yeah, I mean, he won't make it, but no, good player. He won't make it. Best oh, player Shea on the Pelicans. Alexander, too. Yeah, but they have know. 10 but wins. But these guys, yeah, these guys are, well, it's only, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Those bottom tier teams, even though they have all star caliber players, aren't gonna get anyone. Yeah, um, the West is not as good as the East too. I didn't realize it was way different. So we have thirteen wins. The Pacers do. The tenth seed in the East or in the West has the which are the Kings and Trailblazers. They have the same record as the Pacers. Yeah, I definitely think that the East is better this year for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's crazy that we could be a play-in team possible mm-hmm. possibility or like have play-in team potential right now in the west yeah wild um well i think that's pretty much everything for this podcast so i mean as always sal it's been a pleasure doing this episode with you um hopefully we can do a podcast in person in the future but at least for now this works and I, i'm grateful that you're willing to do this podcast um consistently and um how, let's just real quick give your one sentence phrase of how you're feeling as a Pacers fan for the I don't know next week. So like what what's your expectations future? for the next? Yeah, uh, looking into the future. Like what's your one sentence take on how you're feeling as a Pacers fan? I'm gonna be very bored, very embarrassed, and excited. Wow, bored and excited. Yeah. What excited for the after everything happens okay bored when it's happening and <laughs> embarrassed my instagram captions are going to be very boring when yes we're, when we're losing and winning and i love that. it hey you know what man i made the funniest meme for uh o'shea Brissett not playing and we never got to use it because he oh, started playing. right i should have posted that i, should, I mean that. should we i meant to say something to you but i was like no he probably didn't post it because o'shea's playing I didn't realize you just forgot. <laughs> no, yeah, I just I just forgot. <laughs> That's okay, man. It only took me like. It can make some. You can make a Goga meme with Goga not playing or something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Goga's actually one of the guys in the background on it that I'm making fun of. It's like Brad Isaiah Wanamaker Jackson, and Goga. Dude. Yeah, Isaiah Jackson. I know people don't know what we're talking about. Maybe just post it and just say, "Hey, we meant to post this earlier. We forgot though." Yeah. Uh, I I can fix it too. Um. But anyway, man, well, like I said, it's always a pleasure. I hope you have a, uh, a great night and uh, talk to you soon. And Merry Christmas to all Pacers fans. Happy holidays. For myself, Jack, and for Sal, you're listening to the All Pacers Pod. Peace out. You want me, Joel Embiid? Come get it, because I'm going to give it to you. Are you kidding me? Sabonis brought it to him.